Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work. Although common understanding of midlife is a bit older, astrological midlife actually relates to Western astrology transits that run from the mid-30s to the mid-40s for everyone. And then there's another important transit around the age of 50. Each of the main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and by individual. Directly corresponds to the term midlife crisis, especially the one called Uranus opposition, which is happening for me right now, yay. If you're new to the show, welcome. Feel free to subscribe or tell others about the show. At the end of each episode, I share a track of my original music. There's a link to my website and the show notes where you can find details of any upcoming events, which can include music gigs or kirtan, joyful chanting, maybe dream workshops. These are often more in New Zealand's summer months. And it was during festivals, doing some of these activities this past summer, that I met the guest I'm talking to today. Today is the new moon in Taurus for the release of this episode, a new beginning after the impactful eclipse of the last lunar month. Following on from last month's episode focusing on the sun and circadian rhythms, this month is all about the moon. Jane Catherine Seven is a psychotherapist, menstruality educator, and creator of the Feminome model. The teachings of her organization Lunar House go far beyond our accustomed medical model to offer a radically new, holistic, and integrated understanding of menarche, menstrual cycles, menopause and mature life and why women's hormones behave in the mysterious ways they do. When Jane Catherine started exploring these topics, menstruation was a taboo subject that no one talked about, but times have changed. Jane, welcome to Unraveling Midlife. It's great to have you here. Tell us a bit about you and what you do because I from what I know already, it's fascinating. Uh, well, it is fascinating to me also. And I became completely fascinated um, as a young woman when I randomly discovered that women's menstrual cycles match the moon cycle, which I think is pretty general knowledge these days. But in my day, it wasn't. Um, and as soon as I realized that we matched the moon, I thought, ah, this is not just about fertility. This is a much, much bigger design that women are made in. And so um, uh, I, I spent years searching around for the rest of the knowledge that I was convinced must exist about the design of women, how we fit with nature, why we're so changeable, um, why we are designed the way we are, I began to ask, well, what are hormones? And why do they behave in the really quite bizarre ways that they do? Why do they interrupt our lives so much? All of these questions. And I couldn't find answers in any of the, um, you know, orthodox uh, ways of finding answers. So in the end, I found I had to drop everything I'd ever been told about menstrual cycles, menopause, hormones, all of that scene and 
learn from the source itself, which was how women's hormones, menstrual cycles, menopause, um, manifested in women. So to just put everything else aside and observe in a new way what women's hormones were doing. And as soon as I started looking in that way, a little bit like, you know, the old magic eye books where you look at an image and, and slowly, if you look in the right way, a hidden image emerges. And um, it was exactly like that as I paid attention to women's menstrual cycles and menopause, all the different what we call symptoms. Um, it was just like the Magic Eye books, this amazing design, this purposeful, sacred really, design emerged in front of my eyes. I was a counsellor and psychotherapist for women. And so I had plenty of opportunity to observe women pouring out their life, their experience, their um, struggles to me. And so I studied in that um, humble and willing way to learn without prejudice, to learn, to learn in the school of hormones, which uh, which is yes, quite a new perspective than the one we used to. And I discovered this amazing psycho-spiritual developmental design that our hormones have right through life. Um, and as I realized that was in there and I knew I was only at the very beginning of something so profound, um, I realized that I needed to make this the work of my life, make this the my reason for being on planet Earth to um, to discern or to um, articulate perhaps what I was learning and give it back to its rightful owners, which is every single woman on the planet. So I created Lunar House, um, which is uh, my my school of conscious menstruality or um, or the feminine as I now call it, and I offer courses and workshops, talks, seminars, however I can get the word out to women all over the world. And I've written my first book, The Menstrual Cycle, Part of the Knowledge. Second one on menopause is half written. <laughs> if I get them all written, there'll be seven in the series, but um, we'll see <laughs> how long I can live. Oh, that's, that's, wow, great. Seven, seven books planned. Whoa. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I was going to ask, how did you find out all that information? But having that background as a um, psychotherapist would have, would have definitely um, had that. So what was the old model, like, that you used? You said that you're looking oh, at the medical model, which says, um, <laughs> which has been, <laughs> Um, talking in the same tone of voice for thousands of years now, saying that women's hormones are capricious and problematic and out of balance and unruly and, you know, create a lot of problems and need to be improved upon by fake hormones. 
ah, possible, you know, to make us fit better in the masculine way of life, to make us comply with uh, the way society is set up, which is not for the female nature. So it does seem to be shifting a little bit in recent years. Yes, we've been working hard on that. I yeah. bet. On um, putting forward the uh, the very important starting place is that women are not the faulty model, that our hormones do know what they're doing, and that we need to ask a different question, not what's wrong with women's hormones that they give us all such a hard time and need medicating, but what are we doing to women's hormones that causes them to often be troubled and um, for women to suffer in their natural processes, which is not okay. It is no. not okay. And I think you just one woman to suffer, let alone many, many women, a high proportion of women. So over the years, have you seen things get worse? Like, is it environmental impacts as well? Like, what's your view? I would say environmental impacts is the number one cause. And that includes a huge array of things, you know, uh, hormone disruptors, known hormone disruptors. And our food's full of them because it's sprayed with chemicals, pesticides, mm. herbicides. We are surrounded by electromagnetic um, emanations which are harmful to us. Um, we are persuaded to take medications which have terrible side effects. Um, added you know so the environmental factors is one huge piece and the other piece which is in my field as a psychotherapist is that we are conditioned and we have been conditioned for hundreds of years to resist the things that our hormones are trying to do to us and that resistance is so natural to us that we don't even know we're doing it and the kinds of things i'm talking about are simply the belief that things like um, premenstrual moods, emotions, um, menopausal hot flushes, memory loss, all of these things we call symptoms, we believe they mean there's something wrong with us and that we should medicate ourselves or adjust ourselves so that those things don't happen to us. But that's a resistance um, and it makes us tighten our body, um, not breathe so fully, and that adrenalizes our system. So very often women are experiencing their hormonal phenomena um, in an adrenalized way, which of course upsets the delicate balance of all our hormones and causes the things that so many of us struggle with. Yeah, well, I, I guess especially being in my 40s and knowing a lot of other women in their 40s just the amount of stresses and the amount of adrenaline yes. that I can see coursing through people's systems and yes. maybe not right now but on, on different occasion through my own and just self-observation and observation of others like it's quite a crazy kind of society that we're living yes. in with this pressure yes mm. yes and it it, it alters our, um, you know, the natural energetic balance inside us. 
the, right. the whole um, design, which I call it the four M's, so menarche, menstrual cycle years, menopause, mature life, that's the feminine, which is, it's like an energy wave that runs through a woman's life. And within that, the menstrual cycle repeats it on a smaller scale. So it's all, it's all about energy and whether it can flow or whether it's resisted. And if we've been brought up to, as, as most of us have in all different cultures, to try and not let our hormonal life impact too much on our, you know, our, our ordinary life, the real world, as they call it, you know, of commercial priorities and, um, you know, trying to be, uh, trying to be consistent when we're actually changeable. If we are set in our body to try and live as if our menstrual cycle or menopause is not happening, then we're in resistance to our hormones. Mm. Our hormones will then um, have to work harder to get our attention for what they're trying to make conscious. Yeah, the number of times that I end up completely devoid of energy and I reflect back and realize that 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 weekend before my period I just packed in way too much stuff and I actually needed some downtime Um, but it took years to come to that like I felt like it took 20 years of from first onset of Minaki to actually kind of get to the point of oh why am I so moody or upset and I'm like oh oh it's that part of my cycle and it took 20 years to get used to that um and so now I'm just I I wanted to talk with you to like for anyone any listeners of kind of any age supporting women or um or being in in the menstrual cycle or going through menopause because a few people did do ask me um and they say that that's really really cool to have that topic discussed I'm like okay well I'm I'm making changes in my life now because I'd like menopause to be kind of (laughs) easy yeah how what do you um suggest to people who kind of are are there things like environmental factors you've said are the number one do you make recommendations to people as well as learning the theory what is what can we do in practice Yes, in practice, the environmental things, of course, are important. So if you can, you know, as much as you can, an organic diet, um, water that isn't contaminated with the things city councils put into water, um, fresh air, you know, sleep, all of these things. But what I've found, and what's, even though, you know, I'm, the number one advocate and I'm totally passionate about this I still get surprised by how much of a difference it makes when women can understand compassionately the resistance that we're in psychologically and uh, soften that you know we live in a in a in societies that are completely resistant to menstrual cycles and menopause in every way so um, we should never blame ourselves for it or think it's something we're doing wrong. But just to catch the subtle layers, like, am I holding my breath? Am I kind of pulling myself together muscularly so that I can override my period pain or my premenstrual uh, sensitivity so I can get on with what's demanded of me? 
Now, could I soften that clench by taking a breath, by breathing differently, by feeling compassionate? And because these things are so uh, such an energetic design, they will respond even to subtle interventions like that that we can make. So small changes are better than um, yeah, than understanding or understanding. You know, let's take hot flushes as another example, um, because. What I find is generally at the beginning of my courses, my menopause courses, women will come in dreading hot flushes, afraid they're going to get them, hoping they'll never get them, wondering what remedies they can take in case they do get them. But by the end of the, the session that we do on hot flushes, they're going, wow, I can't wait to have one. Because if we understand that hot flushes they're not a pathology they are an energy that we didn't have before they're the energy of you know the the big expanded full-on energy of the mature feminine coming into our body and they do make us kind of need more space and you know they make us want to spread our wings and and um, not be crowded because they're wanting us to experience in our body this incredible energy source the world is short of this particular energy it doesn't allow this big strong mature wise feminine energy so our clever hormones cause us to feel it in the body because otherwise, you know, we're so mentally attuned, we would just ignore the profound change that's happening inside us, the alteration of everything, the expansion of our consciousness, that's what the menopausal hormones are doing. We would just ignore all that and soldier on and try to stay the same and keep functioning the way we've always functioned. So it's which Crohn's is what power. the medical approach says, HRT, which I call hormone resistance therapy to keep women the same, to not let them go into this bigger place. It's physical, it's energetic, so we're going to feel it. So it's like crone power. It's, it's yes, it is powerful and it's... The emergence um, of. You know, when we go into menopause, instead of doing the the feminine energies one by one separately around the month like we have all through our cycle years and that's why we're so changeable menopause is going to come along and ask us to put them all in the blender and whiz them up so that instead of having to wait until two weeks time before i can feel my ovulational confidence i can have it every day of the month so menopause is um blending up all the the four fundamental feminine energies, but it's also, you know, just like your kitchen was, it's a, um, it's centrifugal, so it's expanding. And you know, an expanding energy will make heat. It's alchemic, so it will make heat. And if we can trust, if we can begin to trust hormones, that even though the things they do are counterculture, they will disrupt the status quo because the status quo is not feminine. 
So they will disrupt that and we get, we get a fright and we think we're disabled and there's something wrong with us and we can't function. But the hormones are purposeful. They're trying to alter our function, expand our function. When we can begin to trust this, we stop resisting our phenomena. I spell it with an F. The phenomena, we stop resisting them, we stop medicating them away, we become willing to experience them. And oh my goodness, they are the most amazing tools the feminine uses, tools of consciousness. They push us beyond the consciousness the culture's stuck in to mm -hmm. one that doesn't yet know. So it's, it's not for the faint heart today. I'm not saying this is easy. And I, oops, I'm sorry, you said you wanted your menopause to be easy. <laughs> but I want to invite you to more than that, actually. I want to invite you to a menopause that is a great adventure of consciousness. Oh, that makes it sound a lot more appealing, really. <laughs> it is a lot more appealing. And I'm sorry if, you know, it may not be easy on you, but it will be purposeful to bring you the very, very great rewards that menopause has up her sleeve for us. They are unbelievable. I, I happen to know what's happening in my astrology um, in the time period, which I have no idea if menopause is going to happen then, but like it'll be transformative, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes, it will. So um, in your experience with with the, because I've I noticed from, it starts coming up in conversation in the last couple of years, different people going through menopause at completely different ages, like ranging yes. from like, I don't know, 37 to nearly 60. Yes. And, and some people going, Oh no, I think, I think my mum had it early. She was like 52. I'm like, no, I thought that was more average. Like what, what are the kind of average ages? I think technically the average age for your menopause, your last period, I think the average age technically is 51. But you're right, there is a huge range. And one of the things I've learned about this whole feminine sequence is that it's soul designed specifically to create the developmental, you know, the, the optimal developmental path for each woman. So we all have a different experience. And it's not genetic necessarily either. Because no, I started bleeding at the same so. time as my mom, I might not stop at the same time as her. You might not. You might not. It will depend what your soul has um, in mind for you as an optimal developmental process. And while we're on this, I just want to say um, I've often also encountered a worry in women that if they do have menopausal symptoms, it means they're not doing something right or they're getting it wrong or they're not as good at it as somebody else or that if only they were doing the right thing they wouldn't have any of these symptoms and I've noticed this particularly in a lot of women who are healers or have practices they they um, put a pressure on themselves that if they're getting it right they won't have symptoms but I want to say it's not a pathology you know it's so uh compelling us to greater consciousness and it's hard to talk in a short conversation about how such disruptive things as hot flushes or complete mental breakdown can be tools of consciousness but they really are my mum used to call it mental knowledge pardon 
my mum used to call it mental pause. <laughs> That's a very apt description often. That one happened to me big time. Mind you, I did want to experience all the different phenomena, but it was so hard to, to come up against a complete um, disabled brain power. But I know now why it did that to me. Mm. It's worth it. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel as though I've left a thread unfinished somewhere and I can't remember it. Oh, maybe we'll come back to it. Yes. Because um, I remember, because we, we met, uh, I attended your workshop um, in, in Christchurch at yes. Zealand Spirit Festival. And I know there was a great demand and people did actually want you to do a menopause workshop as well. Yes. But you yes. did focus um, on the feminine, but also talking about those those four parts of of the menstrual cycle that yes. all of us in that menstrual well anyone who's old enough knows really well as a woman yes. and even even men or or identifying as anything else are probably all very aware because there's all women in all yes. of our lives um, yes and you liken them to the seasons yes yes have heard that. The, the, the menstrual cycle within the whole feminine it's um it's corresponds it harmonizes with every single fourfold rhythm in the universe you know the life is made in a fourfold way expand contract so yes we have four seasons four directions the tidal movements um, the cycles of plants day and night everything moves in that oscillation and we move with it from our outer life to our inner life, from our clear mind life to our big emotion life. It's all um, keeping us in balance as we develop because the culture would try to make us stick to our mental and physical faculties. They're not so trusting of the emotional and the spiritual, but the menstrual cycle will come along just like the seasons come along and make sure that we go through each of the four faculties and don't miss any out because to be our optimal self, we need to be equally adept mentally, bodily, emotionally and spiritually. I, I heard somewhere else a description of the spring and the summer being with the, with the, I guess, the estrogen and almost being like getting on with people being a peacemaker and then when the hormone shifts and get to the autumn it being the truth area um time of the cycle yes. and and not having the filters on and I thought that was a really mm -hmm. nice way of putting it instead of being oh well she's gone crazy and she's premenstrual yes. it's a well this is actually what I think <laughs> yes so where we need that is true I think yes but where we need to be very careful with that is um, the emotions that can erupt or come out in ways that give us a fright or feel too intense at, at the premenstrual time. We shouldn't just take them at surface value because often um, those premenstrual tantrums or, you know, tearful times or whatever, often they are reactions to feeling. 
rather than the, the feeling itself that our our soul is wanting to bring to our awareness. So we need to learn, this is what, why I teach this so carefully in my workshops, we need to learn how to respond to and understand and get to the bottom of those big feelings so that we hear the real message. You know, it might be, I hate my husband, I want to kill him, you know, and then two weeks later she's all in love with them again. This is very natural and I think all of us can relate to it at some point but actually underneath that ferocious rage there'll be something that really matters and needs to be in awareness. So not to just take the surface layer because that will make us uh, make it difficult for us to trust ourselves all around the month or to trust the feelings we have at the premenstrual time and it might make us um, you know divorce our partners or do rash things that we'd regret later if we take that surface layer as the whole truth and nothing but truth it's a it's an invitation to find the truth perhaps. It's, there's some food for thought like how to I, I feel like personally I've been learning in the last year about emotion and how to actually feel it instead of yes. pushing it away yes yeah yes and that's a deep art isn't it that's got layers and layers and layers in it mm -hmm. until we get to the kernel of it mm. yes it's quite an art so we should never just take these things superficially. And that's why the feminine sequence through our life, that's why she takes us round and round the menstrual cycle, you know, four or 500 times in our life, because we can't learn it all at once. We need repeated immersions in each of the four energies until we can really become adept in all of them. They are deep. And we shouldn't underestimate what's possible for us if we learn to live according to our design. It will take us deep. It will stop us in our tracks to pay attention to something. Mm, just pause. Wow. Yes. Well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. We are very deep and sensitive and multifaceted beings. So much potential in us. Mm. That leads me to ask, I mean, I because um, Unraveling Midlife loosely being based on the midlife astrology transits from the mid-30s to the mid-40s, um, quite a, a, a chunk, I guess, towards towards the end for most menstruating women um how was that period of life for you did anything did it your life kind of pivot or change or any great realizations um what uh, the the thing that jumps out the most for me is perhaps the end of that midlife phase as you're describing it you've got chiron return i think at the end, that was the time of my life where I um, 
you know, I was so uh, preoccupied by this knowledge that I was discovering little by little by little was opening up more and more to me and I could see there would be no end to it because it's boundless. So during that time or towards the end of that midlife time, I one day I crossed the road from my house, went and sat by the river and I just committed, okay, I'm going to make this the um, the work of my life. If I can find a way to keep myself financially afloat while I'm doing it, this I'm going to say yes to this work, whatever it asks. And that was a big commitment for me because up until then, and a lot of the time since then as well, nobody wanted to know this thing I wanted to talk about all the time. Um, it is absolutely better now, I'm happy to say, but it, in those days, nobody wanted to know about it. So I did commit and as I, I knew my life changed, I was staring to the river and I knew that even though it was just, you know, a five minute thing and nothing apparently happened, I knew my whole life had changed. And I walked back across the road to my house and my landlord came over and said, now, Jane, I'm going to have, I'm going, I can't have you here anymore. I'm going to have to ask you to move. And I just thought, oh my goodness. And so it begins. Um, and yeah, everything changed then. Wow. I dedicated myself, I guess. I, I guess the synchronicity there is Chiron represents the healing, just healing and the, either the wounded healer or what needs to be healed. Um, and that happening for you right at that time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting you say that because if ever there was a thing that needed healing, it's the feminine psyche, you know, the sense of ourself, which has actually been um, deliberately withheld from us for 5,000 years, really, in various ways. And the healing of that will heal the world, I believe the rebalancing, the bringing back in of the feminine. And that's why my mission is to inspire women as much as I can to begin to trust what seems eminently untrustworthy, which is our hormones. So that a different way of living on and with this planet and a different way of mothering and nurturing humanity can begin before it's too late this is urgent mm. yeah do you have There's any a consciousness within the feminine design that's very urgently needed do you have any words of wisdom for um non-woman absolutely we all resonate of course with nature so if we can come to trust the feelings we have whatever gender or identification we may choose or be born in if we can trust the deepest wishes of our heart which are really 
about, I think for most humans, about love, acceptance, peace. If we can start to trust our natural design, however it's manifesting, we will realize how life's designed to work. If we pay attention to the planet and everything in nature that is pro-life, then we learn how to be pro-life. Mm. Mm. And that's good for all humanity. No, I think that nature shows us that life in this planet, who knows what it is in other planets, but in this planet, it oscillates between polarities. You know, summer, winter, dark, light, empty, full, and so do we. And we have the masculine and feminine which create life. But in between there, there's all kinds of places that people can stand and make their place and have their self. But we do need to know and honour the thing that holds the polarities of life together. I'm often asked, what about men? And I believe 100% <clears throat> that there's an equivalently beautiful and um, comprehensive and purposeful design in the male psyche, in the male hormonal life. I don't know what it is that's theirs to discern and bring, but I fully believe it will be beautifully complementary to the feminine. How can people find out more about what you do and your courses? Um, I have a website, www.lunahouse, that's L-U-N-A, house.co.nz. And my book is on there too. So that would be the place book. to go. Such a beautiful book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so, so I I did take a quick look at your website, and um, and I say, and you run in person courses, and we'll we'll, we'll travel. And are you doing yes. anything online? Um, I can do things online. I tend to respond to requests rather than. Offering things myself, just a shortage of time, basically. But if if there is a group of women anywhere in the country, um, or the world, I, who knows? Or the world, indeed. Yes, and <laughs> I, I have been doing some things around the world, mainly in the psychotherapy training arena. But I can, of course, these days, so wonderful. We can talk to anyone anywhere. But um. If it's in New Zealand, I'm happy to travel anywhere. I'm going to Thames in the uh, beginning of August. Oh, so yeah. if you're around Thames at the beginning of August, check the yes. website. Yes, but <laughs> reach out. Just get in touch with me and talk to me and we can always create what suits women anywhere. Mm. I was mm. down at uh, Rakiura last year, Stewart Island. It was wonderful to go down there and be with those amazing women down there. So, yeah, traveling's not a problem. And mm -hmm. I can um, shape the content, the length, you know, the presentation in any way that works for a group. Great. Oh, that, that's amazing. Um, I know what you mean. Sometimes it's just easier to like, okay, I know that people want it, so let's do it, rather than if you offer something and maybe it's not the right time or yes. place. Yes, yes. 
and also for everyone to know um, personal consultations I'm a, a therapist I'm I call myself a feminine therapist because this this knowledge this design um, is therapeutic so I can make therapy that's totally within the context of the feminine or I can um, offer consultations for any anything that um, that women bring or men yeah so right. that's another way of being supported if you don't feel like a course would be right for you thanks so much Jane um this is I know before we got on the call you said well I could talk for seven days on an interview yes. um with, yeah. with content and we still wouldn't cover everything yes. <laughs> you're right I feel like we've really just touched the service yes we have oh but it has been um a delight to touch the surface with you thank you so much for your time thank you for the opportunity i love talking wherever women would like to listen so thank you welcome to the music section of the show given the topic of today's interview it's only fitting that i retrieve the PMS song, penned quickly several years ago and only performed for the first time at a couple of gigs this past summer. Let's celebrate those hormones with this glass half full ditty. I used to have really bad PMS. I wrote this around that time where I actually did a session with someone who cleared it. It was, uh, now I just kind of get normal, but uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Might be too much information, but for anyone who hasn't ever experienced PMS themselves, everyone experiences it completely differently. So please don't assume that you can apply my song to anyone else. Uh, anyone who's experienced PMS, do you think that's fair enough? Yep, yeah. Takes over. Except because of the wind, I like have the strategically placed hairpin so that the, the words don't fly away and I just need to just adjust it a little bit. The PMS takes over These vines tangling up and over my sanity Thoughts are getting scrambled, adjusting common sense and there's no clarity It's the overthinking PMS The time of the month where balance is less time where I felt under duress when any sort of pressure feels like stress happens regularly mostly on day 20 I know it's coming my boobs get sore and water retention is plenty it's a lit down this hormone shift leaving the week of horny to cranky then later emotional and crying at things that are corny it's the overthinking pms the time of the month where balance is less the time where i feel under duress when any sort of pressure feels like stress men of my life tell me i'm okay i'm really not that bad what to do when my buttons are pressed and I get nitpicky or mad It's the good old tools, exercise and diet, not to mention being self-aware And apologising, I know I'm PMSing, let me take care of that I know I can transform it with self
month where balance is less It's the time where I feel under duress When any sort of pressure feels like stress And recently I stopped myself I see my avoidance and car bloating I look at square in the eye and tell that no thank you And I stop my moaning And it's the overthinking PMS The time of the month where balance is less It's the time Feels like stress God, it sucks being a woman sometimes I also found it quite entertaining when someone stood up in the first chorus and left <laughs> Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by Dub 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 SarahMarlowSpence.com. Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis, and art by Samantha Hepburn. <laughs>